It's the cool kids' table. There are never the cool kids. Not cool. So they just bought a table. Ooh, now it's the cool kids' table. Yeah. Wow, table. Wow, great, great. Ooh, nice legs. Damn. So cute. They're so long. Is that real mahogany? That's nice. Love that table. Tight. They're so cool. Looks like a coaster's only table to me. Use protection, baby. Hello and welcome to the Cool Kids Table. This is Maggie Stiggers. And, and I'm Spiro Marcos. Aw, very nice. I love the way you finished my sentence there. I like the way you let me finish your sentences. It's so <laughs> sweet of you. Thank you so much for letting me intro myself. We are right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, your favorite podcast of the day, week, year. Especially if you're in Belize. Whoa, shout out to Belize. Well, we actually, Maggie, bad news. We dropped, oh. to, number, we dropped to number three in Belize before arts um i'm really hoping maybe this episode will put us back on top you know i think this is the one that puts us back on top because we have an amazing amazing guest today we really do belize thanks for keeping us humble you know that's really important that's what this whole podcast is about it's about staying humble and true to yourself and not getting a big ego so thank you so much belize yeah yeah in other news spiro i don't know if you heard this but our friend shade lamar smith it was just announced that he is going to be directing his first feature film and Tiffany Haddish is going to be in it. It's called Throw It Back. And it is a like musical dance dramedy. It's all over Deadline. I'm so pumped for him. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So we he's actually the first guest we ever had on this podcast. So if you want to hear more about Shade, definitely check out our first episode. And oh, my God, that's amazing. Congrats, buddy. I know you listen. Congrats. We're so pumped for you. Shade is such a kind individual, which reminds me, one thing we always love to do is feature kind stories from around around the world in a little segment we like to call Random Facts of Kindness. Random Facts of Kindness! Well, I actually found an amazing article. So there is this cafe. They call it the Kindness Cafe. It's called the La La Land Cafe on Montana Avenue in La La Land, obviously. And the idea is a way to give foster children a place to work. So the company's owner wanted to make a safe space for a lot of homeless youth in the area. And then he would help them find job placement. But it seemed to be job placement is super hard, especially with these kids. You know, they come from broken homes and they don't really have a lot of experience. So he actually made a internship program at this La La Land cafe that helps these foster children get back into the workforce. So they get to work at this cafe, they get to gain real life knowledge, real life skills. So he just gave them this amazing opportunity and I love it. So yeah, check out the La La Land cafe in Santa Monica. The original three locations were actually in Dallas and that's where he tested this program out and then he brought it to Santa Monica. There's a huge population of foster children there so he really wanted to make a difference and I think it's amazing. All right. Well, this week we have an incredible guest. I know you're super, super pumped, Spiro. I am too. It has been quite the day here at my house listening to all his music. This week on the podcast, we are so stoked to welcome Nashville-based musician and artist Stephen Day. If you don't know, well, you've been living under a rock and you need to look up his music right now, but we're both fans of him and he will be joining us today right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. He actually first began releasing music in 2000. 2016, and he released his first full-length album, Guess I'm Grown Now, in October 2019. His catalog now has seen millions of streams, Spiro, over 43 million, if you can believe it. 
You know what's insane? I actually when I was when I was looking up, you know, his past and stuff and how he came to be, I learned that when he released that first song in 2016, it hit like a Spotify top playlist and got him like his first millions of streams. So, wow. I mean, that really like set him off and he's been on overdrive ever since. Uh, I mean, he's an unbelievable artist and I'm pumped for y'all to hear about him. Totally. And his new single Ride was released June 18th and is available anywhere you listen to music. Yeah, so check that out. Check out his other music. He has amazing, amazing stuff. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Stephen Day. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. Hey, if you'd like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app and make sure you subscribe to the RFB monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming Radio Free Brooklyn events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org newsletter. All right. We have Stephen Day on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So Welcome. exciting. How are you, Stephen? Hey, I'm so glad to be here. I'm doing well. Um, it's a beautiful day. Sun is out in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm so happy to be here with y'all. I love it. I've been to Nashville a couple times. You know, I actually did High School Musical there. Really important show for people to see. Um, Wait, so did you? Have... where did you do it? So I did it in, so we were, we initially started in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is like a little out. Yeah. And then we went into Nashville and played for, we opened for a concert and forgive me because I'm forgetting this person's name, but who's the person that does the devil went down to Georgia song? Charlie Daniels. Yes. Him. There you go. Blonde Amazing. Moment. We opened for him and it was like so strange because these people were coming to see him and all of a sudden they were getting high school musical. No <laughs> like, what way. What the hell is going on? What an amazing combination. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. Oh, God. And, you know, you've only gone up since then, Maggie. So <laughs> no, thank goodness. We're thankful. Um, so, Stephen, we like to start in the very beginning. Uh, talk to us a little bit about growing up in Georgia, um, kind of like how you found music and what it was like growing up with a pastor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I grew up in Buford, Georgia. It's about 45 minutes northeast of Atlanta. Um with mom and dad and two sisters um my mom's a nurse practitioner my dad's a pastor as you mentioned and um i loved my upbringing um i love buford georgia um i love visiting i love going back to see my family and um growing up there you know was was i feel like it was a pretty typical like it wasn't rural it's kind of like i feel like in the past you know, as as America keeps evolving, it's sort of like, I guess Buford used to be rural, but now it's like a typical suburb. But as I was growing up, it was like, it was on that trajectory. Like when I go back now, you know, there's like, boom, McDonald's, Wendy's, you know, it's, it's just like so many chains and everything. But um, yeah, it's like a pretty typical suburb. Growing up with my dad as a pastor was, honestly, I feel like the the older I get, the more I realize that although I'm not like, in ministry in the ministry my, our careers are pretty similar like he has to you know creatively put out work every sunday and is creative in that way and in in bringing a sermon and has has sort of developed his craft over i guess now would be like 60 years or so and so right. i've i used to think i was like totally different than my dad but as we all find as we get older it's like <laughs> yeah. the apple doesn't far from fall far from the tree so yeah i feel pretty similar to him in some ways um i feel like my mom is more of the musician and so like she was maybe the more like tactile or like visible 
effect on me i think in in the in the beginning so she would sing i grew up listening to her sing all the time whether it was at church or just around the house and that had a huge impact on me and she would whether it was like singing you know stevie wonder like sinatra tunes or even just like worship songs around the house it was it was always you know around me and I feel like some people don't realize that when you grow up in church, you're around music pretty much all the a time. A lot, yes. So I I feel like just running into so many artists these days, within the first, you know, five minutes of meeting someone, it's, I, I would say it's like close to, it's a high percentage of the time when somebody's like, oh yeah, I'm a PK, I'm a pastor's kid. Like I run into so many artists that are pastor's kids. It's We've sort had of- a bunch on the podcast too. My husband is one as well. My yeah. husband is from actually West Point, Georgia. His father's a pastor. Cool. He's, he's a, he actually just, his mother was the choral director and that's how he learned to sing from wow. just ear. His ear is incredible. It mm-hmm. takes me so much longer. I'm sitting here, I'm reading the music. Yeah. Okay, this goes to here. And he's just like, mm, he like gets yeah. the harmony so fast. I'm like the total opposite way. Um, so yeah, we, we've we had a lot of people like that. And did you find that your parents, once they noticed that you had this gift of music, that they were really encouraging you every step of the way to just continue to pursue it? Or how did you get the courage to to just follow your dreams? Yeah, it, it all felt pretty natural, um, which, which I, looking back now is like, I feel like a pretty rare thing. Like I think a lot of people that have... Um, like talent when they're young you know sometimes there's like the really smothering parent who's like let's get you in front of this guy down at you know radio station 103 I don't know there's like so I never really felt that with my parents it was always pretty natural because I imagine because the church was involved it was like I started learning guitar and guitar was the way into singing for me I was Mm. I probably would have never started singing had I never played the guitar because as soon as I started playing I'd be in my room and I'd be singing along. And right, yeah. You want to accompany yourself. Yeah, and it's funny. Exactly. I, I actually, when I was a kid, I hated singing. Like, I can remember being in, like, a little kid's choir. And um, I can remember, like, there's probably videos of me where all the kids are, like, doing the motions with the song. And I'm just kind of, like, there, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you I know? love that. So, there's, yeah. I was that kid. But... Guitar definitely brought that out of me, and I think that my parents probably saw it when I was young and in, encouraged it, but didn't ever, they weren't ever like, you have to do this, you know, which I think was very helpful. And are you a self-taught in guitar, or did you just kind of pick it up and just kind of play what you what you heard and stuff on the radio or whatever, or did, yeah, did uh, you, like, get lessons? Yeah, so I had two, actually a couple, Ronnie and Donna Banks in, in Buford, Georgia at the time, uh, she taught piano and he taught guitar and I, I started I didn't play piano when I was young so I started with Ronnie and um, it was it's funny he's like he's a legend man he's so good and shout out to Ronnie shout yeah. out to Ronnie and, and Donna, Donna. <laughs> yeah, yeah shout out to Ronnie sure yes listen. girl yes. <laughs> yes oh my gosh they're our biggest fans of the cool kids table thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll have to send them this podcast that'd be so funny um, but, but Ronnie, he was, I, I feel like I couldn't have taken guitar from anybody else. We like, I would go there and he, it was, it was kind of the same thing with my, as my parents. It wasn't really forced. It was like, 
I would go and he'd be like, well, let's let's just play. Like, let's just see how it goes. I think he saw in me that I wasn't like the guy who like wanted to go home and learn the sheet music. It was like, I feel like I I was pretty, I think I caught on like with, with my ear quick and he was kind of, well, let's take that path. And so he never said that, but it felt like every time I was in there, it was like, we'd just end up like trying to jam or like jamming with each other. And so I feel like I kind of learned how to be musically like loose that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. And when did you, because it's interesting you say that you didn't like to sing when you were younger because you can sing, Steven. <laughs> when did you realize that you can sing? Oh, man. I mean, you sing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I feel like I was in high school. My sister made me do high school choir. It's funny. She was like, I think my parents wanted me to, wanted all the kids to choose, you know, one like fine arts category to do. And I was like kind of done with it after middle school. I, th I did band in middle school and played percussion for a little bit. And I was just, I was just kind of done with it. I was more of a sports guy, honestly. I was like mm. playing um, basketball through middle school and then basketball my freshman year. And then I, I think it was as my, so my sister was like, you should do choir. And I was like, nah, but I ended up doing it. And pretty soon the transition happened where I stopped playing sports for like the school and just kind of did the recreational sports thing and mm -hmm. then got really into music. And I would say it wasn't until my junior or senior year that I kind of accepted that I wanted to do music. I, I think for a long time it was just like, oh yeah, like I'll do this at the church and I'll play and I think I'm good, but who knows? So it was kind of like, I think my senior year it was like, oh, what am I going to do after this? Like it's, it's, do I want to, do I want to make this my career? And it felt pretty, I felt pretty sure of it then and I still do now that like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And what do you think changed? Like, what do you think like sparked that where you were like, I could do like actually do this? Was there a moment or an event or something? Someone told you you were good or you did a talent show? Like, what was it? I'm sure, I'm sure it was, there was, I, I don't know if there was like a moment, but there was, there was a few moments in high school, whether it was singing on stage or singing at church where it, I just, I ended up knowing that Honestly, I couldn't think of anything else that I was as good at. It was kind. Right. It was kind of like if there. It was. It was like if there was a way to to do this for a living, that would be what I would do, because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> right. It's like almost you just felt at home when you were doing it. It's like the, yeah. the gut instinct of like this is what I was meant to do and you know one of the things I love so much about your work is your songwriting and the words um, you know we were talking about earlier if I, if you were the rain is like one yeah. of my favorite songs of all time I, oh, I played man. it at my wedding actually no way if you were the rain I would pray Lord it's too dry every night Yes, if you were the rain And I was outside, no I wouldn't run I wouldn't hide 
I'd just look up to the sky and I'd say, that's okay. Cause today, will I, I just think that the writing is just so beautiful. And I, I really admire that in a lot of your songs. So I'm curious when you started to write your own music. Yeah. That, well, first of all, thank you. That is of very course. kind. Um, I actually wrote If You Were the Rain maybe like my junior year of high school. Or, wow. Yeah, junior, oh, my gosh. My junior year. I was like smoking weed in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was like not doing <sighs> shit in high school. Oh, that's so good. Uh, yeah, I, w my mom would take me to these open mics, you know, whether it was like at a Mexican restaurant or... <laughs> something and you know like nobody's there nobody's the only people that are there at open mics in Buford Georgia Georgia are there to do the open mic you right know, the like, other people performing it's like yeah. it's 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 kind of sad because I don't know if some somebody would be at the restaurant had it not been for the open mic um, <laughs> right. so I think I just it's funny I've never really loved I'll do like covers every now and then but even then, I didn't love playing covers of songs. So I think that's what kind of at least sparked my writing more. Because I was, I feel like as soon as I got a guitar in my hand, I was trying to write. And so I think maybe open mics had more to do with that too, because it was like, well, what am I going to sing at this thing that I'm going to? <laughs> uh, so a question I have for you. Well, one thing I just want to say, like, you know, for someone like you, I've been, you know, as I've been watching your career, I've I've been following you for, for a couple of years now, probably about three years now when I first heard you. And one thing I admired is just how humble you stayed this whole time. Mm. Like, for me, it just seems like you're more about just creating the music rather than like getting fame and fortune from it, which, you know, obviously that will come uh but um <laughs> no one but, is against fame and fortune no, no one's especially against the it. fortune uh, but like you said you're you're out that that ep came out your sophomore year in college um that kind of blew up on spotify i mean that kind of put you on the on the map a little bit what was that like like finally having a song like hit the charts having all these millions of, of streams and people finally starting to know who Stephen day was did that change your day to day or was this just a, a verification that you're here doing what you are meant to do seriously because you can put shit out there and nobody downloads it yeah. so that must have felt really good no it was it was really weird honestly i i i don't I, I, I think I was just so surprised. It didn't really change my day to day. Um, I was, because I was kind of like on the grind at school anyways, like playing shows. So, so that kind of, I feel like I was sort of building my own community at school through music anyways. And so the only way, it, it never felt like it changed my day to day other than on Spotify, you know what I'm saying? Like Spotify is so, such a, like a drastic, wide and like crazy world that it was, it was almost like I, I didn't even know who was listening to it. And I don't think, looking back now, I don't think I really capitalized on the moment, which is, which is fine. Like, as you mentioned, I really am, a, I'm about the music, honestly. I thought about like dropping out totally from school to like tour it but I had no idea how to make the moves so I did take a semester off and booked some like house shows and they were great but other than that the semester I took off it felt like I felt pretty like 
depressed, honestly, because I was like, had kind of like stepped away from the school community that I was just in. And I was trying to sort of begin my professional music career at the same time. And it just sort of like didn't work. What were you doing this all on your own too? Yeah. At the time I was like, I was trying to just, just get started because I was like, well, this, I mean, if this is happening online, then, then maybe I'm fine. Like I don't need to be in school. And I think I just realized that I wasn't ready to do it on my own. I just didn't have the skills like business wise to do it on my own. And so I ended up going back to school, which I'm so glad I did. I feel like I continued the friendships I had at school. And like, I think after that moment happened of like Spotify numbers increasing, it was just like I needed, I needed to relax. Honestly, I needed to like chill because I was, I was kind of like, I started taking on the stress of like, well, what am I going to do next? Like, how am I going to, how am I going to follow that up? And over time, I just realized that I needed to get away from that younger version of myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. What what brought you to Nashville? Because you said you've been there for six years. Um, so from what point did you go from college, uh, your EP, to moving to Nashville? And, and what was that like? And, and did you, like, find your tribe there? Was there, like, a group of people you were working with? Or you just kind of, like, took a leap? Yeah, so so I was I went to I went to Belmont here in Nashville, and that's when I made the EP, um, my sophomore year of college, and I feel like I've it's funny my I feel like my friends don't always do music, which I love, and that like sort of like keeps my me grounded in a way. It's kinda, totally it's kind of yeah. like honestly, I, it's my life has always been that way. I've not really been super interested in like just talking about music all the time, and I feel like and I feel like. I feel like a lot of musicians um, get stuck in that mindset. And so I've, which is fun. And that's why when you do get together with musicians, it's like, that's what you talk about. And that's what's so fun about it. But I feel like some of my closest friends just do, you know, normal stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, like, this is awesome. (laughs) Totally. Have you, Um, so have you never been to like a a party where it's all musical theater people and they're just belting wicked. That's what, I, <laughs> that's what I picture. I'm trying to like kind of like I, coincide our worlds. And no, I'm imagining. I, I definitely have. I've been to those parties for sure. <laughs> um, I just feel like my closest people end up being, you know, I don't know, working a normal job. And what about your, you just got married. Congrats. Yes, congratulations. That is Thank amazing. You. Thank what you. is your, what does your wife do? Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't see, so I don't know. So tell me. Yeah. What, she, does, she, what does she do? Yeah. She's a first grade teacher in uh, East Nashville. Oh my God. That is too freaking cute. I love that. Yeah. That is amazing. How did you meet her? This is a side note. I just want to know. Sure. Yeah. Um, we actually just met through mutual friends here in Nashville. And at a musical theater party where everybody was singing Wicked. Singing Wicked. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how funny. <laughs> um, no, it was it was just through mutual friends. And it's funny because she grew up in Georgia, like 30 minutes from where I'm from. And wow, we yeah. had no idea who each other were before Nashville. So Amazing. That's yeah. so great. And you like, you really did it. You got married in a pandemic. You yes. Know? That's amazing. That's yes. one to tell the kids one day. I know. It's It's wild. 
It's very wild. I, yeah. the, the stress of planning a wedding in a normal life is strange yeah. and then having to do it in the pandemic. But uh, congratulations. It's so exciting for you. Um, Thank you. One thing I wanted to say about Nashville was just like the sh- couple of times that I visited, the nightlife is just, I mean, you can go into any bar and people are playing the best music you've ever heard. Yeah. There is something like sort of intimidating about Nashville to me it felt like everyone had perfect pitch like (laughs) nobody needed it like I mean it was just like oh you know the song great okay let's all play together it was I was just really taken back by the talent that I saw in just like two or three nights out yeah Um, and I've had a couple friends move to Nashville to pursue their country music dreams so I know it can be a little intimidating what what is the culture like there for you do you feel do you feel that intimidation? Do you feel that pressure of like, yeah. you know, having, I don't know, all those other musicians around you? Or do you feel relaxed and comfortable in your space? Oh, wow. Probably all the things. Right, um, yeah. I, I feel like you're so right. There are so many talented people here, not even just like, there's just of just everything, like singers, guitar players, songwriters there's just everything and everybody's playing and doing the thing at like the top of their caliber. And part of that is intimidating to me, but I feel like naturally I'm like a, I I don't want to say like, I mean, competitive is a weird word, but like I am, I sort of like, it's exciting to me. I feel like, yeah, I sort of like feel like I want to push myself. Like I feel like moving here inspired me to, to try to be the best at the thing that I want to do because that's what makes good art. I think it's just, it's just kind of like being around other people that inspire you. And if you can, if you can channel it instead of intimidation as like, wow, that's inspiring. Like I can think of people off the top of my head that I'm like, man, they are great at that thing. Um, and I may not do the same thing. Like, I'm thinking about a guy named Briston Maroney who's, like, an indie rock, honestly, all-star. Like, he's he lives in Nashville. He's so good at his his thing. And when I watch him perform or when I hear things he puts out, I'm like, man, I don't do that thing exactly. But what what's going on inside of him and what he's putting out is the thing that I am... I hope I'm emulating, if that makes sense. So, so I think it's I think it's um, a very healthy, inspiring, competitive nature that I feel. Yeah, because because that could also go the other way. You could take it, you know, like Maggie said, it it could be intimidating, and that could work against you. That could bog yeah. you down and cause you to be buried by the industry. But instead, you're choosing to be inspired and yeah. and letting that lift you up that's that's amazing i actually wanted to talk about something you know we we're talking about the pandemic and everything and you actually did an amazing thing during the pandemic you actually did a live streamed concert um of your album which i saw and it was it was unbelievable tell me about creating that because you were about to go on tour i had tickets to your show yeah. you were about to go on tour this was about to happen the world shut down and you not only wrote another album, but you then created this live experience that was, it was really amazing. Can you just talk about that experience a little bit? Yeah. Um, which, which show were you going to go to? Uh, in New York here. New York. I had tickets to, yeah, your New York show. Okay, cool. Um, was it Beacon Theater? 
I, 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 you know, I can't remember right off the bat. Honestly, me either, guys. It's <laughs> I know I'm playing the the knitting factory now when I come in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Cool. But oh, I don't. Yay. I don't awesome. think. I don't think that's what it was. It wasn't yeah. the same one. Yeah. But I hope I we know. can go to that. That'll be fun. Yeah, I would love to see you all there. Yeah, we'll be there. Um, man, the the pandemic was at first so shocking to everyone, you right. know. And so I feel like at the at the beginning of it, I was just sort of stunned like a deer in the headlights and that I didn't really know what to do. And it was kind of like, this can't be real. And uh, at that point, everybody was like, well, you know, it'll blow over in like two months or three months, kind of like as, as information first came out. And so it was like, okay, well, like maybe the tour will just be pushed to the fall. And pretty soon... My manager was like, "Hey, you got to put out more new more music." And I was like, "Wait, what? I just put out an album that I was going to tour. Like that just seems so backwards." And it took me a minute to like really accept that as a challenge because at first I was like, "I'm not I'm not going to do that right now." And then I got I got excited about um like producing my own thing yeah totally it just gave me a it freed me i keep i keep using that term because it's true like it it, the pandemic like freed me to do something i hadn't done before and so i i would have never done that had it been a normal year i would have gone on the road then probably come back and had somebody else produce my next project and this just gave me a chance to be like well it's something I've always wanted to try to do. I used to sit down in high school on like GarageBand and mess around, but you know, now I've I can like use logic and just see if I can make something. And so so it really just gave me a chance to to be vulnerable with doing something new because I I kind of knew in the back of my head that if if 10 years from now or let's say let's say it came out and people just hated it you know, five years or 10 years from that moment, I'm like, well, I did that, you know, during a pandemic. Kind right. Of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have that yeah. to fall back on. Yeah. I love yeah. that so much. Um, you know, Spiro and I are like huge pioneers for, for doing things and producing your own work. We actually like, we wrote a whole book about it and we try to encourage a lot of people in the New York city area that are artists to, to not wait for other people to just bring opportunities to them to create your own opportunities. And I think, you know, I really like your perspective in this whole interview view is kind of about growth and yeah. seeing things in a positive light and I and I really love that. I wanted to talk a little bit about your creative process. Yeah. How does it work for you? Are you just like you get an idea and you just go, go, go and work through the night? Or do you just say, okay, you know what? On Tuesday I'm gonna write a song and you sit down and do it. Like how does it work for you? Yeah. Um I would say it's it's evolved and it's changed and I think it probably will continue to do that. But for the last few record or record releases and the same with the album that's coming out this year in August it's been pretty I don't want to say rigid but I feel like I used to when I first started writing music and um, releasing music I had this sort of like romanticized version of songwriting it was like well the song better come to me and and if it doesn't, then it doesn't it doesn't need to be written, you know? And so I feel like 
I feel like over the so it's been the record that's coming out this year, original songs and sound, and I learned how to do this for on maybe the back half of Guess I'm Grown Now. But I realized that if I signify to myself and my manager, if she's like, we've got to put out a record. And so basically I'll just say what I did for this last record that's coming out. I sat down, we, we chose a month, a month and a half, and I sat down every weekday. And every weekday I wrote one song. Wow. So, so every day I had a new song. And what, what freed me up with that was if it was bad... You didn't have to choose it. I didn't have to choose it. And and the day was done. I got to close the book on something. And that to me was way more exciting than sitting on an unfinished song for like totally yeah. months, years, and then coming back to it. Which I'm not saying is, is bad or the wrong way to do it. I'm just saying for these moments that I've made the past few projects, that's been the route I've done it. And I'm sure that'll change, but... To me, it was important. And honestly, this this record coming out this year was the first time I got to choose from way more songs than is on the record, which was also very exciting to me. Cause it, yeah, because then you have backup material, too. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying there are 30 tracks on this next album? I'm really excited <laughs> for that. Five songs, five songs a week for about six weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. <laughs> No, but it's perfect because, you know, in a in a world that we live in where it's like constantly needing new content, it's like you could literally just throw up a live and just perform a song that no one's heard and that will just, you know, satiate everyone for the next couple of days, sure. hours. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Steven, you have a new song that just released called Ride. Talk to us about that. Yes, Ride is probably the most sonically adventurous thing I've done to this day and it's it's sort of like this song that I feel like people will either love or hate which I'm super excited about because I love it and I think it's gonna be so fun to perform and I'm so happy um, it's on the record honestly the day I wrote it I said to myself like when I when I put the cap back on the pen I was like this is either the first single of the record or it's not going on the record it's like uh, yeah it's that that's exciting it's that uh drastic of, of so were like you a, were you were you a little scared about the release were you like uh, you know on bated breath kind of like will people like this or hate it like what do you what do you what are your thoughts it's funny i i do feel that way in some sense i feel like I don't know how people will react. At least, like, I know there will be two sides, but I don't know if they're, if the, like, good side will be big enough for me to feel... Well, let me say this. I feel confident in what I made, and I feel glad I made it. But, you know, there's always some sting if it's not received well. Um, so I am nervous in that sense, but I feel so... I don't think I'll regret it, and I don't think I, like... I just think people will enjoy it the the cert i don't know it's so i'm i'm nervous but also at the same time i feel so at peace with the song 
I think it's going to bring you up to 50 mil streams, you know? <laughs> let's, get, let's get up to that 50 mil. I'm going to check your website uh, in a couple of weeks and see if it's changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Maddie, get on that. Can you update his website, please? Thank you. When he hits 50, <laughs> 50 million streams, uh, we get an update. Thank yeah. you so much, Maddie. I love that so much. Well, congratulations, Stephen. That's so exciting. Um, I, You know, one thing that we always love to do here on the podcast is, you know, we are firm believers in manifesting your dreams and, you know, know just putting out there what you hope just a couple of things of what you hope this next year would look like maybe five years from now what what do you hope your future looks like sure yeah um that's a good question um i feel like i am ready for touring and i love playing live shows i feel like i um i love like bring people in on the music and I feel like that's really fun to do and it hasn't been able to happen in such a long time. So that to me is because I've I've now had this time to sort of like incubate in in a way and like make new music. And so when I tour, it'll be a lot of music and so I'm hoping in the next few years it looks like opening for people that I admire or, you know, making another record after this one and hopefully opening for people touring a different record that you know draws a bigger audience for me it's sort Who are of a couple of people that you would love to open for i actually was talking with my manager the other day and i feel like anderson east just i'm i mm -hmm. i don't know a ton of anderson east music but he just put out a song called madeline mm -hmm. i think is mm -hmm. what it's called and when i heard it i felt like my project that I'm about to put on put out could could do really well um like opening up a show before him so cool. I think that one's maybe more of like a sonically something that I've thought about recently right. but but I would love one I've been thinking about for years is, is Leon Bridges oh my goodness yeah. sign me up for that oh that'd be so good yeah well also i feel like it's going to be a point where your dreams aren't going to be who you're opening up for it's going to be who's opening up for you so let's just <laughs> let's manifest that you're going to be headlining we these told big you shows. he was humble y'all we told you he was <laughs> i know yeah for sure all right well i just i have one quick question before we get to our improv segment if there's yeah. a piece of advice you can give to like younger Stephen day Oof. like what would that be if you can like go back and give your young self a, a little piece of advice what would that be Mm. own it mm. own it i feel like younger me just was scared to own it and it's and it'll be a lifelong journey of learning how to own it and that i keep saying that because that's what it is it's just like learning how to accept yourself over and over again and kind of like what we were talking about with the release of a song it's sort of like if I had been releasing this song when I was 16, I, I would have been so nervous, you know? And I feel like at this point, I'm a little more in my shoes and, like, on the ground. So I think I think little me just needed somebody to be like, just just own it, man. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That is a great piece of advice. All right. We are going to move on to our little improv segment okay. we like to call Winging It. Winging it. They're just winging it. Winging it, they're just winging it. 
So, All right. we really love to put our guests on the spot. The way we came up with this game, first of all, it's called Finish That Lyric. Okay. So we're going to give you a song lyric with a word or two missing from it, and you're going to tell us what that word is. Now, just so you know, two of these songs are your songs, so I really hope you know those two. <laughs> and then the other ones are based on artists that you've said were inspirations for you, or one was based on an album that your sister gave you when you were in high school, things like that, like all based on things I know you know these songs. If you don't, it's fun anyway, and there's okay. no pressure. But if you do get them right, you get absolutely nothing. So the stakes <laughs> the stakes have never been higher. Oh, you know man. Good, good. Let's do it. I'm I so pumped. I love it so much. All right, Maggie, you're going to start with number one. Okay. And tell me they've been blank. What's going on down here? Seeing. Tell me, tell me they've been seeing. Yes. Oh, if, yes. If, you know what? If you sing it, Stephen, you get extra <laughs> points that will win you absolutely nothing. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. You, get, you get bonus zero points. All right. That was it. So that was Stephen Day, 22 and some change. Good for you. All right. You know your own music. That's good. Nice. It Number two. Took me a second. It's okay. <laughs> some of these will because I'm not giving you like a melody. I'm uh -huh. just giving you lyrics. Yeah. So, all right. Here we go. Brother says he's telling about you blank with that girl. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you who it is. It's Stevie Wonder. Oh, I have no idea. Is it? It's it's I Wish is the song. Oh. Wish those days. Yeah. Yeah. Find it. Find it. Find it. I would not know this. Just FYI. That's it. That's the verse. Yep. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's all right. It's uh, it, playing doctor with that girl. Oh. Brother says he's telling about you playing doctor with that girl. Oh, we just don't go easy on you on the cool kids table. Uh, number Good. three. Well, I never lived the dreams of the blank and blank. Prom king. Um, drama queens. Yes. Easy. I... I also love that, like, you talk about your sister giving you that album and you just being super inspired by that. That's that's super fun for me. It's it's such a good album, man. All right. So you also mentioned this person in the episode before, or this song in the episode before. Uh, so you're all I long for, all I worship, and oh, blank. Oh, come on. That's easy. Adore. Yes. <laughs> Frank Sinatra wow. or Count Basie, depending on who you want to reference yeah. as the orig or originator. All right, Maggie, number five. Well, I really don't mind the rain and a smile can hide blank. The pain. Yes, yes. You love a little Glenn Campbell moment. Well, I really don't mind the rain. Wow. Oh, yes, gosh. Yes, that's a great song, by the wow. way. All right. Um, okay, last one. If This one, I hope you know. Um, <laughs> Silly girl brought up in a blank. Small town world. Yes, she was. <laughs> oh, it was so great to have you on the podcast, Stephen. Where can people find you? Um, I am, my name's sort of the same across all social medias. Hey, Stephen Day, and then just Stephen Day on Spotify. PH with a PH. Folks, if you have not listened to Stephen Day, definitely check him out everywhere you listen to music. Stephen, it's been such a pleasure to have you right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. 
Don't yeah, be make a sure y'all check out Ride. Make sure y'all check out Ride on Spotify, on Apple iTunes. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow. Like, blow this guy up, guys. <laughs> Not enough people know who Stephen Day is. So let's, let's uh, make it happen. Thank, thank you so you. much for your time and your wonderful advice. And, and we'll see you. We'll see you at the Knitting Factory. Yeah, the Knitting Factory. Yes, yes. I'm so honored. Thank y'all for having me. Thank okay. you so much, Stephen. Have a great day. Bye, bye, Stephen. The Cool Kids Table is produced by Spiro Marcos and Maggie Stiggers, the executive producers of Nico Fink Productions, with music by Brie Cade and Zach Silva. And be sure to check out our new book, Dear Future Producer, a guide to create your own content and gain creative freedom, available exclusively on Amazon. You can also check out our sketch comedy series, Theater School Dropouts, on Amazon Prime. Stay cool, and definitely stay kind. <laughs>